Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 296 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix Defire, that's Chief Archivist of Lave Station, otherwise known as Colin Ford. And joining me in the Orange Sidewinder Bar for this episode, we have um, Commander Aidley Weiss, our Head of Health and Safety. That's ben I've, been hearing, I've been hearing massive, massive cracks all night long. Uh-huh. We, have, we have our chief bar steward, uh, Commander Psycho otherwise known as Grant Wilcott. Good evening, peoples. We also have, <laughs> we also have our inhuman in resources director, Commander Shan. Hello. And uh, joining us, we have uh, Atris, uh, <laughs> Commander Atris, uh, and. What, where are you? Which no, organization are you from? Sorry, what was that? Oh, and hello, everyone. Yes, hello. Um, right. So, moving on from uh, saying hello to everybody, um, if you wish, you can join us live. We're hanging out in game somewhere around in Lave, uh, probably near uh, Lave Station itself. But if you can't get to us in game, you can join the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through laveradio.com slash live and click on the live chat and also you could just go to twitch tv slash live radio so we'll quickly go around the team see what they've been up to in in the last week or so and uh we'll start with shan uh what been up to well busy um tailoring my fleet carrier making it a nice enticing place for people to dock at um out of game uh decided on saturday well mr shan decided on saturday we wanted to go and see the seaside so we drove all the way down to Portsmouth, uh, went to Haley Island, sat at Haley Island and looked at all, sh- all the shut ice cream stalls, uh, had a mutual on the beach, then drove back through Winchester and then back home. And that cost us the grand total of six, six quid in Lecky. So that was, that was very useful. And then from Sunday to today, I have spent detailing the car. So that's um, machine polishing some of the... Uh, some of the paintwork, waxing it, ceramic coating it, again again. So that's four days I've spent on the car, and I've finally done, and I'm completely shattered because it's hard work. Oh, that's it. That's that is your new um, item to worship, is it? Well, I just I just know if if you do it when it's new, it you save hours later on washing the car. If it's all done when it's all new, then you don't spend as much time. Or money later on, so it's four days doing it, and it will save more than four days in subsequent years. Cool. Um, ben, what have you been up to this week? Do we have a Ben? Have we lost the Ben? Oh, we've got to press a press the button again. So yeah, I've actually been up to a fair amount. Um, I've been playing quite a fair, fair bit of Elite Dangerous. Um, so I, I feel slightly dirty for admitting this, but. I've. I basically. I, was, I, I thought I'm going to fly over to New Buran after I heard that it had been found, and have a look at all the different fleet carriers there. Mm-hmm. And I did that, and I thought, you know, what's a good idea? Let's actually see what this profits and how how things are going is going. Mm-hmm. And then I found out that I was making 1.7 million per ton on low temperature diamonds. And then I went off and made three million, um, one, about one point five billion. 
Oh, you'll have so, a fleet carrier before you know it then. Oh, so no, I'm, I'm still not going to buy a fleet carrier. I'm just using other people's. <laughs> you're not using mine. I don't know. If you're, if you're around the call 285 sector CCK A38-2, which has to be renamed Nuboran, then, yeah, I'd probably use you, if, assuming you said, and I could verify that you were going off to some of the new cell points. Well, there's, there's more carriers at that, at that star system than there are cars queuing up to try to get the McDonald's this week. So There's more carriers know. in that star system than there are individuals trying to get into Primark after it's been opened. Lovely. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've, I've been doing that anyway. I've also been playing loads of Star Citizen, um, playing the new patch and things like that. Because mm-hmm. uh, I went off and got a, I got a, oh, one terabyte SSD. After everyone said, if you're going to play Star Citizen, you really need to install it on an SS onto an SSD. So I was yep. like, okay, I'll I'll do that. And I did that, and I was like, okay, I'm actually my frame rate is in double digits now. Yay! Um, so I had lots of interesting things and experiences ran there. It was fun, but my God, it was also very, very buggy. Um, probably just leave it at that. Yeah. Um, and I had, I, I kind of got all excited about Star Wars Squadrons in the, I am sure, vain hope that it's going to be the 2020s version of X-Wing versus TIE Fighter. I would love it to be, but I don't think it will be. But I would still love it. And it looks very pretty. I don't know. I mean, it depends on how they've done the multiplayer. Because if it's just like uh, Squadron Deathmatch, then I can see it getting old fairly quickly. Yeah. Um, and I such a game, in my view, lives or dies by its single-player campaign and player progression system. Mm. My, my experience was a little bit different with X-Wing versus TIE Fighter. Um, I was involved with it for, I think, about four years on the trot on the multiplayer side. And it, it, I think the X-Wing Alliance certainly had a better scenario ed, scenario editor. So yeah. you could create your own scenarios on the fly, and that was really good. But um, I must admit, I'm looking forward to it, um, uh, Star Wars Squadrons. So I'm sorry, Ben, have you, have you finished? Or? Uh, yeah, we, we are as well, isn't it? Oh yeah, VR it's, it's and crossplay. And crossplay. So, so... I, if I can get a copy <laughs> for my my uh, my son, uh, and um, I will be shooting him down, and it'll be rather cathartic, I think. I yep. suspect if it's anything like my son's, it will be more the other way around, and I, I I usually have to resort to devious underhand tactics. What cheating? To beat them why, does, why does this not surprise me? No, not not cheating per se, but the similar the sorts of things we did when we had Stephen on the um, on the stream on the Thursday. You know, we creatively used game mechanics. See, I was just picturing you going off and getting onto your Wi-Fi router and just r- limiting their their allowance so that they're running about you know a hundred ping slower than you or something. Well, I do have a script that pings their PC. From the internal network to slow the ping down. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, um, Grant, how have you been for the last week? Do do do. I have been oh, nice he... and fine. No, no, I'm here. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's been it's been. Well, 
too hot, muggy, boring, uh, God, what else? Um, that's about it. Um, I did. I have started to get uh, into my eye racing a bit uh, more now, so I've got my rookie uh, license has now been passed. I'm now on a D license um, to race on ovals, and uh, I'm now working on getting my race rating up so that I can actually play with people who just start the game because I did that much damage <laughs> to my reputation. All <laughs> oh, right. It was bad. Very bad. But yeah, uh, and of course, it. people are asking about the bathroom update, which I, I know what you're going to say. Yeah, nothing yet. Well, though, although as I've, I said in the recent episode that um, um, my daughter has started to see a decorator. Um, as I say, we're looking for a plumber. <laughs> if there's a plumber that would like to to sort of date my daughter, um, she's only about I don't know eighty percent psychotic. Um, but if you and this can, is the same time that she's taking how old is your how old is your daughter? Um, good question. Twenty three? No, you're not getting Shan. No, not you. You've got. I don't think you've got the skill sets <laughs> no, we're no, looking no, for. When you said your daughter, <laughs> I, I, I thought she was like a fourteen or something, and I was going, "What?" <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't really pimp her out either. Um, I wouldn't put that on anybody else. There'd just be so <laughs> many returns to process. Um. <laughs> She's awesome. She's awesome. This, this is this has gone dark very quickly. <laughs> She's out actually. As I say, her and her new boyfriend. He's um, starting up his own decorating business at the moment, which is working really, really well um, for them. Which is brilliant, and uh, long may that continue. So. Um, they're getting all these wonderful I, I pictures. Hope he's quicker than your bathroom decorator. Well, he's offered. And he's not a tiler, and I said maybe you should wait until you see the job like everyone else that's then seen it and then run away, um, <laughs> before you make a decision. So fingers crossed, he will um, potentially, uh, yep, yeah, step up and help us get it done um, quicker uh, than it has been possible to arrange so far. So that's a positive for the future, guys. It's a positive for the future. Mm. But that's about all I can see. <laughs> well, we'll quickly um, welcome uh, Atris. Uh, Thank you. I, uh, yeah. So um, we will ask the oblig obligatory: um, What have you been doing lately? Uh, well, in game, I've been doing quite a bit with the fleet carriers. Um, I'm right now refueling the Cloud Atlas out in um, Prua Fo Zen ZNC C fifteen one forty. It's a great system. Um, yeah. on its way to Colonia to help out Ed's 38. So I've been hitching a ride and now earning my keep uh, refueling the thing. So I'm out in the ice ring mining tritium. And then outside of game, uh, not a whole lot. Lockdown leaves us with very limited options. Mm. I'm doing a bit of gardening. Suppose. That's, that's somewhat new for me. Yeah, I think, I think we're all gardened out at the moment. <laughs> I've even cleaned out the pizza oven. That's how bored things have been. Ooh, that's desperate. <laughs> um, well, let's just quickly um, see what I've been up to for the last couple of weeks. Um, obviously, um, thanks to Grant, I've got the Vive back, and um, I have uh, been flying around fighting Thargoids, where I should have remembered that when fighting Thargoids in VR, always wear your brown pants, because it does get a bit scary. Um, my alt's been flying for Arissa, the Empress 
or emperor rather, um, and we appear to be under attack this this power play turn. So I've been flying my butt off, either fortifying control systems or being on patrol in these effective systems, looking for targets. Unfortunately, I can't seem to find any because they're probably in solo and private groups. But there have been a couple of player on player actions which are, are, are quite good. Um, I like Ben tried Star Citizen. However, um, I think I got to the lift, couldn't get the lift working, and then I just gave up. Yeah, that sounds kind of normal. Uh, yeah. The lifts and the trains are interesting mechanics, and when they work, they're full of immersion, yes. and they are not intuitive. Ah, so pretty much like um, the trains and the lifts that we've got at the moment in real life. Probably worse. I mean, you know, you, you press a button to call a lift in real life, it goes ding, and you get a little light saying, yes, I know you've asked for a lift. And then you press the button again, and then you press the button again. And you know, eventually it says, okay, you press the button enough times, a lift will arrive. Well, put in it this way. You just press the button, and there's no nothing. I think there's a click when you press the button. <laughs> uh, there's no lights come on, no indicator. The lift is on the fifth floor and it's coming down. It's just maybe something's happening. Yes, well, I must admit, congratulations to Star Citizen for actually making me feel like a Scotsman in a lift with voice-only recognition technology. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> if anybody else knows the phrase 11, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh yeah, and I've I've got No Man's Sky VR to do as well, which I'm, I'm actually looking forward to giving a try, <laughs> as, as long as I don't lose my lunch while driving. Are you going to be trying that in walking about, or are you going to try it in teleporting mode? Oh, both. I've got to find out which one my stomach can handle. <laughs> ah, dear. Um, are we doing actually anything tonight? Um... I am actually currently... Tr I was in game. I was outside of Station, And then Grant said, Ben, I can't see your feed. And I was like, yeah, you're right. It's all black. Oh, dear. Um, so I'm now trying alternative means of getting my feed up there to Grant. Right. Um, well, I, I can see Commander Ventura is just hanging around Station. So um, if anybody would like to just um, basically wave at him flying past, feel free. And I, I know he's always always kind enough just to hang out there for the rest of us. So um, let's go on to some development news. What has been happening this week? Well, it's been a little. There's, there's been a few things. Um, obviously, on uh, last Saturday there was the PC gaming show. Now, this was a, um, instead of a big uh, PC uh, PC gaming, the, the, the magazine, normally have a big uh, conference and where people come to show off their wares. But obviously, due to COVID-19, that's not happened. Um, but one thing that they have been doing is they've been doing pre-recorded interviews with um, various companies in order to, uh, you know, put some kind of virtual show on. And of one of them was, of course, Frontier Developments, of which they had uh, game director Peter Jackson um, go not, over... Not Peter Jackson, he did The Hobbit. Piers Jackson. Yeah, Piers Jackson. Sorry. I, I need to get new glasses. Anyway. Um, Is that how you've been mispronouncing everyone's names all these years, then? Because you can't read them. Oh, you have no idea how well I can mispronounce people's names. I know how well. <laughs> I've been listening a long time. <laughs> 
Colin, are you saying you need like Mr. Magoo style glasses then to read oh. Yeah, well, I blame the Vive. <laughs> so, um, Piers used to work on Elite Dangerous as an executive producer and then for a while headed up uh, Planet Zoo. But apparently he's back on Elite now and has a lot of FPS experience, according to Moby, Moby Games. Um, Lawrence is still on Elite, but he's the head of design for uh, Frontier Developments. And is there anything that anybody would like to discuss about that short video from PC Gamer? Yawn. Moving on. Yeah, basically. Yeah. We all looked at it and went, Sorry, well... Yes. <laughs> well, it, it wasn't a case of... Um, there was nothing new there, and um, I hate to say it, but the guy with the smoking jacket, you were just there going, um, why? Yeah, that guy with the smoking jacket was atrocious. Mm-hmm. So, moving on, we've had a Frontier trading update. So, on the 3rd of June, 2020, we unveiled Elite Dangerous Odyssey, which is our new pay-for update, blah, 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 which we all know about. Um, so, it's, it's basically letting shareholders know that it's been moved back to Q1 and calendar 2021. So, as well as the fact that Frontier have loads of money. Mm-hmm, yeah, so, goody for Frontier. Um, however, we have had some good news on the actual um, game population front because the Steam player numbers are breaking all records. Um, since the Fleet Carrier launch and the Odyssey trailer, the Steam charts have been showing record numbers of concurrent players, the highest being so far 21,535, which is even higher than the launch on Steam, which was about 18,000 plus. So, who knew that fleet carriers would bring everybody back? Presumably Frontier at least hoped it would. Yeah. Of course, we must say that um, obviously, uh, Steam Charts only shows part of the player base um, because there's obviously the two consoles and all those who play Elite Dangerous without Steam as well. So they're, but this is the closest that we've got to, to show that there's a upward trend in, in uh, population. On a little bit of a sadder note, um, Will Flanagan, um, uh, our um, esteemed CM, has now st- uh, stood down. Uh, he made an announcement on the forums today, and he's now become a product manager, uh, moving away from um, CM duties on the forums. So we'd like to say thanks to Will. We've always enjoyed having him on. Uh, well, I think I will personally miss the fish dance he did. Which... <laughs> no, Stephen was a fish dance, wasn't he? He's the, he's the, oh, he's the Stephen and Will. It was Stephen and Will. It was the dynamic duo. But he, he did manage to instigate a fish dance because I, I sponsored him to at the um, uh, on, on the charity live stream. So, do you think then, with Will moving on to a different job, it will be like when Ernie Wise did separate shows from Eric Walker, and it was, didn't quite work? Oh, was what you mean? You've broken up the the dynamic yeah. duel between? Um, yeah, no. I don't think so. I think we've, Tim's joining Steve for a lot of these things, and they seem to have a fair amount of rapport. We've also got Gambits in there as well. And yeah, we can't miss it on a Brucey bonus. Yeah, if I, <laughs> yeah, we do like our Brucey bonuses. And if I remember correctly, 
Will's post, did it indicate that, is there a new member of staff coming in as the head CM? Is that what, is that what it was saying? Or was it... Well, usually they promote, don't they? Usually they promote from inside. Well, that's what I thought, but if you, are you going to make me actually look up and see what Will said? <laughs> oh, dear. In the meantime, um, David Braben was on Sky's News talking about uh, how COVID has affected games publishing and obviously to an extent front to Frontier. Now, I actually haven't seen this. Has, has anybody had a chance to see that? Uh, yes, I did, yes. It was... Um, he didn't say anything we didn't already know, which I know may shock people. When <laughs> but uh, but basically, the, the uh, David was saying that because of COVID and people being in lockdown, they've been playing more games, which tells surprise, and um, how it's not actually affected. Um, where well, done, Frontier's done really well out of it. Um, Basically, uh, the interview also had uh, excerpts from it looked like Planet Zoo, yep. and Elite wasn't mentioned at all. So, it but was- then again, neither was Planet Zoo or Planet Coaster or Jurassic World Evolution or their upcoming FPS FPS game, and so on. Not FPS game, sorry, their upcoming RTS game. Yeah. Right. True, but this is an elite. This is an elite show, so we have to mention elite and other games that exist. It was just cool. <laughs> other than Star Citizen, Rogue Squadron, Free Space Two, uh, Free Space One. Um... Space games need not apply. <laughs> <laughs> and P fifty one Mustang Simulator. Where the heck did you get that one from? That was the very first. Actually, that's not. That's a lie. The very first simu- flight sim I ever played was a. Spitfire simulator on the BBC. Oh, I I had flight sim on the ZX eighty one. Um, oh my goodness! The first sort of realistic uh, flight sim I ever had was the. What P- do you mean flight sim on the ZX eighty one was really realistic to my fourteen year old <laughs> imagination? And um, the uh, and the uh, and the. And the membrane flat keyboard was so responsive as well. You should That's almost stop yourself crashing. But I had it was P fifty one Mustang Simulator on the that I played on a Macintosh. Oh God, LC, I think it was or something like that. Um, one of the first, one of the first color Macs, anyway, in all of sixteen colors and flat, flat green screens. For ground, uh, with white cliffs as you flew over Dover, and straight black lines representing Paris or London. It was amazing, but you could you your your yoke was the mouse, and that was the that was the good thing about it, I guess. You know, no more were you sort of like trying to fly using uh, QAOP. You were actually using the mouse and there was a throttle and things like that and flaps. So I actually had dynamic, a, d- a dynamic yoke. Oh, now I remember, oh, good grief. First flight, proper flight simulator I remember playing was something like F-15 Strike Eagle on the good old Spectrum. Mm. I, I couldn't land the damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> I remember playing micro proses. Uh, simulators. They had an Apache one, didn't they? And the F one seventeen, yeah, fighter, which looked nothing like an F one seventeen. And 
yeah, it was Microprose was all the uh, all the things for. Oh, what was it? It was Falcon, wasn't it? Falcon on the Atari Falcon. ST. I played. Oh, yeah, yeah, Falcon, Falcon was the the S sixteen, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know who made that though, but yeah. Oh, that was it. No, it wasn't the F-18 Strike Eagle. Same as Mac Winston, it was Fighter Pilot, which was basically flying an F-15, but they didn't have the license for it. <laughs> uh, yes, well, uh, after that little tangent down into, into ancient digital history, um, uh, we'll just quickly touch on some of the in-game events which has been happening. Um, Operation Ida. Um, they are currently repairing the Hennepin Prospect in the Asinda system. Uh, it's got plenty of things to uh, to haul there. Um, they're making good progress in actually cleaning up all the damaged stations at the moment. Um, hopefully, you never know, in the next, um, the next couple of months, they might clear the whole lot of them. Um, the Anti-Xeno Initiative. Um, although there is no new Thargoid activities report, the Anti-Xeno Initiative have been quite busy. They've got their official AXI carrier, which is arriving in HR 1185 soon. There are official uh, anti-Zeno carriers elsewhere in the Pleiades with the prefix AXI. Um, I think I don't know whether or not they're they're working squadron only, but um, yeah, they're, they're there. Um, the other news is the founder of the AXI, that's Gluttony Fang, has announced he's retiring from the organization. Um, he's made the decision to step back and to concentrate on his schoolwork. So um, obviously a, a good thing there. So I think we should all say uh, from Leave Radio, we're wishing the best with that. And also I think a special mention must be made for setting up the Anti-Xeno Initiative in the first place because they, they made a major contribution to the game. And... Uh, <laughs> I don't think, well, even though there's slight problems with the hive at the moment. Um, the notorious multiplayer Thargoid heart bug appears to be um, fixed. Now, I say that with a, um, uh, with quotes around it. Um, by that, it means it doesn't seem to be happening as much as it used to. Um, if you do, if you are in a wing fighting Thargoids and come across this, um, please report it to Bug with a net. Uh, please report it to Frontier with a network log, so that they can help try and uh, put in better fixes on it. Because it, it is one of these horrible ones which are uh, hard to uh, track down. Now, as Ben said earlier, we have a new Baran. Um, it's a triple LTD hotspot, which has been found at call 285 sector CC-K A38-2. Uh, the system is presently swamped with fleet carriers, and there seems to be a bit of a debate about whether it's more profitable than Baran. Um, ben, how have you been doing with it? To Baran, because I, I didn't, I wasn't going to Baran, because uh, I don't really enjoy mining, but... I, for the yeah, I've gone out. I've done a couple of runs basically in my. I've done a run in a Type Ten and two in an Anaconda, uh, basically filling up. And I've I've netted about half a, about five hundred million each return trip. Wow. Yeah. Damn. So and my my Condor has only got about uh two hundred eighty-eight tons in it. So, so this is you uh, flying out there in your condo, doing your minding, flying back. Flying, it's better than that. 
Oh, okay. Even better than that. So flying out there in my Conda. Mm-hmm. And then, because of so many fleet carriers, and as Shan hypothesized back when fleet carriers came around and things like that, they're basically saying, I'm flying off to wherever the currently best place is for, to make a sale. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be leaving in 15 minutes. And that's going on essentially for free or for charitable donations. Right. Um, throughout the day. So you uh-huh. you go there, you fly in system usually or to a nearby to like a system four or five light years away, land on the local fleet carrier, it then transports you four hundred odd light years to a selling location. Yeah. You sell, you make money, rinse and repeat. And then there's always there's always things going back from the selling location back to New Baran New Baran. Right, gotcha. So, so you so don't basically... even have you don't even have to fly there. It's just like you don't even have to fly four hundred light years to to make a deposit. You just jump on a fleet carrier. Um, I'm always dropping off tritium and things like that for the guys, and I'm deliberately refueling, repairing, and things like that at a. I'm paying over. I'm paying a premium to refuel and repair and everything there just to give the guys a wee bit of money. <laughs> That's, um, that's excellent. But when I'm making 500 million and no, you know, high, fo- high 400 millions, a trip, I don't really give a shit. <laughs> I, I, putting the, the counter view to that, I, I do love the way the community is kind of doing stuff for each other. You, know, you scratch my back and I'll scratch yours. That stuff is great and to be applauded. What I'm not a huge fan of is they still left in the high prices of high of low temperature diamonds. You know, it's just made a complete mockery of any any sort of economy in the game. It's almost like having a a money farm button. You just press and it'll just it's and as we saw, it just sucks players into that area because it's so lucrative, and they lose sight of all the other stuff to do in the game. Yeah, yeah, I mean- the mining game. Completely agree. One ton of low temperature diamonds is worth one point seven million. Yeah, you can't do. You can't go and get an elite kill order for that. Let yeah. alone anything else. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Um, yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting because tomorrow we're scheduled a patch. Now that that's on Wednesday the seventeenth, and the servers will be going down for a little while, uh, and they'll be patching. Um, patching the servers, and there'll be a new client. Uh, they haven't released any patch notes yet. Uh, do you think there'll be a nerf on the low temperature diamonds? Honestly, I, kinda, I don't think they will. What I kind of hope is they'll, they'll, they'll announce it like um, the new Baran system is going supernova if your carrier <laughs> is there. Tough. It just goes supernova and <laughs> just wipes them all out. And, and yeah. And then a consult mine. Yeah, Ben, what do you want to talk about? I was just wanting to say I've just noticed that Commander Ignatius J. Riley of Fish Fame is joining <laughs> us in Twitch this evening. So I just wanted to say thank you and yeah, thanks for all the fish, Commander, basically. Yeah. Um, so um, one final thing to just quickly cover on um, there was a. Um, store update. Uh, anybody see what the store update was? 
it was, it was um, basically new paint jobs, which are for, for ships I don't think anybody uses at the moment. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, uh, Atris, can I just ask? Are you, are you still with us, there, yeah. Colin? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm still here. Okay. Atris, uh, can I just ask, have you spent any, any arcs on, uh, on your carrier? Oh, I actually don't own a carrier. I am just mooching off everybody else. Just oh, you like wage through it. Oh, right. I see. Yeah, no. Um, it really, uh, the funny thing is, I remember when they announced carriers, I wasn't that excited about it. But um, now that I'm actually seeing them implemented and seeing how people are using them, I'm actually quite excited by it. And <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's actually made me actually a little bit more appreciative of what they've added because uh, I'm earning my living as, you know, my role played character in this game, which is essentially. Uh, deep space miner so yeah. except i don't i don't really do the uh low temperature diamonds i'm just uh trying to refuel a ship that's pretty much it yeah it's low temperatures to buy the thing and then you got a mine to to keep it fueled uh right well what we'll do is we'll take a quick advert break uh and uh then we'll come back with our main subject or discussion tonight In-system travel? Sometimes it takes so long. I have tools for all kinds of circumstances on my ship. But the one thing I don't have a tool for is uneven tan lines. I just want to look like a million credits. But when you're living for days on a ship with processed and filtered air, it really dries out your skin. I use better hope goldening tan cream. It just boosts your confidence. I don't believe that beauty is only skin deep, but now I really do look like a million credits. Even my friends mistook me for a genuine gold skin. Jameson and James. Upgrades and services for your body. Hey, buddy. Why the long face? Exploring is boring. What? What makes you say so? Because I have to scoop for fuel at every single store. And then the voices I hear in the store tell me to... Whoa, sounds like you've got a case of space madness. What you really need is really big gas tank. What? With really big gas tank, you'll be sailing the Milky Way in style and comfort. No more hanging out at every stupid star just to refuel. It's as easy as honk and go. Gotta get to Beagle Point for a romantic interlude? Just honk and go. Want to be the buckiest ball in the galaxy? Just honk and go. And if you fill your really big gas tank with patented Jumbonium 5000, you can honk and go, go, go. Gee, thanks, master. No, thank you. Really big gas tank. Because why wait when you can honk and go? Jumbonium 5000 has been known to cause extra arm growth, outdoor mayonnaise, typism, and spontaneous oh. startup base. He's only a drug. <laughs> and welcome back now obviously with fleet carriers out the way um a lot of attention has been turned to the next big update which is odyssey 
Now, there is a massive debate on the forums uh, at the moment about uh, the fact that Odyssey, it, it, VR is not supported at launch. Now, the main thrust on this one is that I think we discussed it a little bit last week, where um, is it better to have a VR in it to a certain point where, you know, you're in the seat, do you stand up? And as soon as you stand up, you're out of VR. Or is it better not to have any VR in it at all? Does anybody anybody have any thoughts? Uh, yes, I do. I want. I would like VR, regardless regardless of what you can and can't do in it. Because I still want to stand on a planet, look around, and feel as I'm under an alien sky. And I don't care whether I have to use Wazdor or teleport or whatnot. I just want to have that feeling of being in space. You know, I can I can do the FPS stuff with uh, mouse and keyboard. I don't really mind about doing that. But without VR, I don't know. It'll just seem lacking, at least for me personally. Atris? Yeah, so I don't... I, I can't play the game in VR because my eyesight is terrible as it is, and I can't find a helm that actually fits my glasses. Um, but I will say as a non-VR user, I think it actually should be implemented. <laughs> Because Elite is one of those like staple games that everyone talks about in VR is a completely different game to begin with. And if we have it in some limited format, whether it be at least just standing on the planet, as Shan said, looking up at the sky, or at least flying with it, you know, flying in your ship, seeing the new textures of the modules, um, or not the, uh, the new textures on the planets to see what that looks like in VR, I think that would be amazing. But in terms of the shooter element of it, uh, yeah, I don't know how well I would do. Like the la- when I attempted VR, even through my blurry vision of it, I got really sick when it was motion VR, and it was just like, okay, yeah, this is not going to work for me. But it's just me. But I would say if they could put it in, do it. Yeah, um, Ben, do you want to have a quick thought? Yeah. So last week we had a poll up on the on Twitter, and there was a fairly resounding 80% of the responders, which was around about 200, I think, were saying, yes, we definitely do want some form of VR, even if it's not everything everywhere. Um, what I would say, though, rather than only having Elite in... Elite when you're in a spaceship and when you're sitting down, and then... I, I don't know how pra- how practical is it, guys who play with VR, to say, "Hey, I'm standing up now. I better whip my help, whip, whip my VR goggles off." Without, I mean, I, I hope to high heaven it's not a, "Okay, I'm going to stand up now, turn off Elite, take my helmet off, hang it, it up somewhere safe, rinse, and then." I hope it's not that because that'd suck ass. It usually requires a client. Um, reboot. So why why does it require a client reboot? Because if it does, then that sucks, and that's because the it's just the, well, certainly the way I got it working. Whether it's whether it's true for everyone, I'm not sure. But I I, I have two sets of configs. I, I run a short batch file to copy them over, and on one, if I run it in VR mode, I kind of get a uh, a, a mini screen, which is the same resolution as my Vive headset, and 
it makes it very difficult to play like that with just a small screen and whatnot because it seems to reproject that screen onto the onto the Vive. But so why does that need a client reboot as opposed to a monitor saying I'm now projecting to Shams 4K Pancake Land monitor as opposed to his two times 1080p screens that are next to his eyeballs. I'm, I'm not sure why it just does on my setup. I'm sure someone else, I'm sure someone will tell me I'm a complete noob at this, and if only I'd okay, this well, thing, it'd been perfect. But uh, apparently, apparently, we have a live Mac update. Will, yeah, apparently Mac Winston is telling you that you're a complete noob on this one. Um, <laughs> he's able to flip his VR headset all the time. He doesn't need a client reboot. Um, he, he he's using a Rift though. I don't know if that's going to make a difference. Uh, but he's able to switch off the 3D in Elite without restarting it from the the settings, and it it goes back to pancake mode. Okay, I'll <laughs> I'll speak to Matt. As I said, I don't honestly I don't play with VR that much. I mainly use it for exploring and uh, yeah. going to Thargoid sites and some combat, but. For general kind of flying around, I, I find the navigation quite tricky on it. And using the galaxy map and stuff like that again, it may be, it may be probably just me, but yeah. But even then, you fact you have to take your headset off and change your setting and stuff like that. It's still in quotes immersion breaking. Well, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's better that than quitting the game, I'd imagine. Oh yeah, for sure. But anyway. It sounds as though it's just an issue for me and not for other people, but there we go. Mm. Well, the, the main issue that we that there is with VR is obviously the the locomotion, isn't it? It's the you from one of the reasons that VR has been such such a success with Elite is the fact you sat down, um, yep. and once you start moving about, well, <laughs> unless you've got an omnidirectional treadmill. It, it's going to feel weird no matter what you use. Or you've got an iron stomach. Yeah, I mean, I must admit, one, I, I did want to play um, No Man's Sky before I did this because I really did want to see um, how they've handled it. But it, it's just, I don't know. It just felt to me that, you know, they've put so much work into to Odyssey that I don't think that, they were able to put in a, a local motion mechanic, which would work, especially with multiplayer. Well, what we don't know is, is it a is the issue purely can you walk around using WSAD, um, using mouse and keyboard, basically, to walk around whilst wearing a headset, or is it a rendering issue or something along those lines? Yeah. Uh, if it's a rendering issue, then that's. N- if it's a rendering issue, then that's just never going to work. Sadly. No, true. That that is very true. Um, Kai Zen has uh, mentioned in the chat room that um, th- they've stated directly that Horizon Planets will get the full upgrade, uh, which could be important to VR players. Um, but then again, that won't include the atmospheric landings, will it? I imagine not, considering, you know. Yeah. So maybe uh, this is the much-touted Ice World revamp, is what they're talking about. Or is this something that, like, Mac was saying, where they're, they're reverting the, um, the 3D models back to previous versions? Like, they'll update Horizons VR and also base game VR. 
Because those are two different experiences from my understanding. Oh, right. I didn't realize that. Um, Ben, do you want to come in there? Just basically what Shan sort of dove in and said that it might well be the Ice Worlds. So we we saw back in, what was it, 2017? When we had the Ice Worlds announcement. And yes, we're making coffee while I'm talking because my mic was was muted. Um, But we we had all those graphical updates for the Ice Worlds. And then that obviously got pulled as part of Beyond. And I think we all suspected that was going to be put into whatever was going to be Beyond Beyond at the time. Mm-hmm. And obviously now we know that's Odyssey. So I don't see any reason why that couldn't be rolled, ported back into the Horizons and the the original executables. Yeah. I'm... Uh, it could just be that the issues, something to do with the 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 atmospheres on the planets rather than not having atmospheres, but why that would mean you can't render it somehow, I can't think why. Well, actually, Matt Winston's made a good point that actually there, it, there was an issue when the Mac version came out because the Mac version didn't support the right uh, shaders. So apparently it got a bit of a downgrade. And I didn't realize this. So, um, but they're hoping that he's, he's hoping that there'll be a backport for the atmospheric planets and horizons. I mean, as far as you lot are concerned, um, is it a case of um, you'd like an unofficial version of VR for walking around on planets? Or is it, a, is it a case of just, you know, cut it off when you stand up? I, I don't know because it's a difficult one with me because I want, as I say, I really want that. I'm on an alien planet looking around at whatever it is and standing on the air. I really want that experience. Mm. But to not be able to bend down, interact with, I don't know, pick a rock up and throw it at Ben's SRV or something like that, um, without being able to do that, it would seem just as if I'm do- looking at VR from another viewpoint. Yeah. Ben? I think my gut call is. If it's not the fr- if it's not locomotion that's causing the issue with VR, then it could well be frame rate, and maybe Frontier just can't with current generation of average PCs with um, with VR. Looking at Frontier looked at their statistics and said, you know, with most of the machines that are currently running VR, we can't get sixty FPS or ninety FPS. We're lucky if we hit 30. So maybe they need to wait for everybody to upgrade to 2080s or something like that before they officially support it. Well, that's, that's, that's going to be a while. I haven't even managed to get to a, um, a, yeah, it, a 1060. Running, I'm still running, running a 970 here, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh. now, in the VR question is, uh, the thing is, when you look at the forums in some ways, it seems to be a deal breaker for a lot of people. Do you, do you feel, do you fellows feel that it's a deal breaker or is it just a nice to have? For me personally, I, I don't feel it's a deal breaker um, because, Hey, you know, it's, it's space lakes, but there'll always be in the back of my mind. It could have been so much more whether, whether or not it could have been, 
different matter, but just in the back of my mind is, oh, if only they put VR in. Ben? My gut call is it's not a deal breaker for me, but then I don't have VR. Uh, but I know, for example, uh, uh, Commander Damonte from Canon has said it is a deal breaker for him, and if he can't, you know, he doesn't want to go and play in Pancake Land. Uh, yeah. And I know Mac was saying he doesn't play in Pancake Land very often. Yeah, Atris. Yeah, I'm with the rest of them. Like, I'd really would love to see them implement it. It is really an essential experience for those who have it, and I think it would be a shame if they started detracting from that style of gameplay. But if it means delaying the update, uh, yeah, I'm not sure how I would feel about that. Yeah, because that's the one thing that we have to bear in mind is that at the moment, the pinnacle of VR experience, everything everyone agrees, is Half Life Alex. Has any, anybody got something better than that? And be actually. So I got into a discussion with Nephilius over Twitter who basically play, he's been playing Pulsar in VR. Uh-huh. Is multiplayer. Yes. Is kind of an FPS. Mm-hmm. And he basically walks around using the thumbsticks and physically turns and things like that. Yeah. Uh, and, oh, and he uses his jetpack in it as well, which is incredibly scary. <laughs> um, but he's, so Pulsar, which is obviously much shittier graphics than Alex, but still a very a very pretty thing in some respects. Um, it does work, and he's got it cross-platform between him in VR and I could play alongside him in Pancake Land. Mm. And it works quite well for him. Yeah, but um, this, this is the thing. It's a very... What will work for yeah? What will work for one person doesn't work for another. Um, yeah. I mean, just to point, just to point out to show you how difficult it is to get such a, a unique experience. Half Life Alex took eighty developers. This, this is according to to Val's information. Eighty developers, four years to create. That's in full production. That's after all the pre-production stuff's done. Elite Dangerous has the same amount of people working on the upgrade. I, I just don't feel that the, they've got enough people in there to make the, the walking around in VR feel as good. Because I always thought they got lucky with VR. When my microphone works, I think that's a very fair comment there, Colin. Um, it seemed very much like Frontier turned on VR. They went, hey, this works. And maybe a couple of little bits and bats needed to be done to make it really great. Mm. But well, I'm not sure they, they put a lot of effort into VR because the, the flight stick, when you look at your copy, is the same as an X-52, isn't it? It, it is the, it is the, they modeled it on the X-52. They didn't just choose a random POTAS and put it in. They spend mm. the effort and model an, an X-52. So, I don't know. Put in a T-Flight Hot Ass X, if you had one of them, or a Thrustmaster T-16000, it's the, th- hot, it's the, it's the X-52. Yeah, but what I'm saying is they could have just made a generic one. They needn't have spent the time I modeling an X-52. I, I think that's more a gimmick thing as opposed to a, as well, opposed to a 4VR thing. 
when Scott, I think it's when Scott Manley, there is a video out there. I don't have the link on in question. Okay. Someone was asking David Braben himself how long it took him or it took them to implement VR. And they said they spent about a day putting it in and then found out it worked beautifully. So the actual core work of putting in the sit-down version, the sit-down VR, took a day, and then everything else was just tweaking. And that just sounds astounding. But then again, you are just sat down, you know, moving about. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it, it was a happy circumstance, as I feel. Um, yeah. They had all the assets in place. They had the the models in place, they had a joystick in place, and they had that reflecting and somebody was like, hey, I wonder what happens if. Yeah. I mean, I, I have been asking um, other people around whether or not it is a deal breaker for them, and just from my um, <laughs> just from my uh, experience, it, it does seem like, you know, of all the people that use VR, they're not that bothered uh, you know, yes, they they want Odyssey, but they don't want it, like um, Atris was saying, they don't want it delayed if putting VR put, sets it back six months. I mean, the the one thing you have to keep in mind with that, though, is that they did say it won't be available at launch. Mm. And the question is, how much faith do we put into that statement? Because I know if you mention that on the forums, the amount of salt you receive in return for that statement, because then you have the story of the PSVR. That never yes. came. No, the, so the, the, it's a concern. Uh, yeah, that's, that's one thing that they always said. They never said it. They, they always said it was something they were looking at and will make an announcement at the right time, but that announcement never came. And, so, yeah. Are we to assume that it just it wasn't, it wasn't destined to be? Or, well, you see, that's the thing. We never even knew if they tried it. And, uh, well, did, any, did anybody think it was possible for the PS4 to actually do that? I mean, I don't have a um, one of the, their headsets. I don't play on PS4, so I've got no idea how close to uh, the limit it is because I would imagine that um, the PS4 may have trouble rendering um, screens that quickly enough to make a non-nauseating VR experience. But then again, um, it may be fine in some circumstances. So I, I, I don't know. But the, the, if PS5 has a, has a VR, then there shouldn't really be any excuse for not putting it in Elite, to be honest, because the PS5 is that much more powerful than the PS4. Um, ben? I can't give any citations for this, but I have heard that the PlayStation Pro was able to get a reasonable frame rate, but because Sony basically say if you want to be if you want to be down as PlayStation VR in the PSVR game, you have to work on both the PS Pro and the uh, vanilla PS4, and they just couldn't get the PS4 to work. Or not as an acceptable look rate. If they could have had Elite Dangerous with VR on the PlayStation Pro, then mm. I think it would have made it out there. Um, yeah, and the the thing about the PlayStation is, although it does capture most of the um, uh, a lot of 
uh, of what Elite does. Uh, sometimes the rendering isn't all that great. Um, I think one of the one of the most vocal users, PS4 users, is Old Duck, who's who's called the some of the styling in the ships elephant butt leather. So ah uh, yes, who could forget? Yes, yeah, so um, he's always complaining the fact that they don't redo the the rendering for the PS4. So he gave up and moved to the PC. <laughs> Get on him, bus race. <laughs> um, I mean, apart from um, so, are we all kind of in agreement that the the VR would be okay? It's not a deal breaker for for the majority of us, but it's oh, we're hoping that they'll carry on working on it. Yeah, I really would like to see it implemented at some point because, as I've just been pinged by Kaizen, they do make prescription lenses for VR. They do. So, I've, got, yeah. I've, got, I've got them in my Vive. Can, oh, right. Um, so now the only hurdle well, I have to overcome is my wife. Uh, yes, well, what it is, ah. is because I, because I found that uh, my glasses pressed against the lenses of the Vive and I was paranoid about them scratching the lenses of the Vive and ruining my expensive VR headset. So I got a prescription lenses that go over the, uh, over the Vive lenses so I can still see without having to worry about my uh, glasses scratching the, um, the lenses. Wow, I didn't realise that. I and, thought I, um... and, they were cheap, and they were cheap. They are about 70 euros in total. Oh, wow, that's not, that's not bad. Mind you, when you say that, I am, I am reminded of the Billy Connolly joke about having a prescription windscreen. <laughs> <laughs> you see, this guy with the prescription windscreen and you look in the rear view mirror and there's this guy with a really big head. It's just... Mm, yes, I remember uh, that one quite well. <laughs> and the other thing that everybody um, is, well, I, I think complaining about, I mean, did you guys talk last week about the fact that um, there's no base building in the um, in this release and in the fact they're claiming that it was never on the, uh, never on the, the roadmap in the first place? We touched on it, um, but we didn't really go into it in any detail. Uh, but before we dive into that, can I just ask a quick question? Certainly. Because uh, we're all, we're, well, a bunch of us are computer people here. Mm-hmm. Do you think you could go off and say, hey, computer, my prescription is this, and then your computer could actually deform things for you in VR on the software? Because surely it's all just maths. It is, but there's also focal distance, which you need to take into consideration, too. So how far away the screen is relative to the eye. Mm. Well, yeah, I suppose maybe you could. I don't, it's just something, it's just, when you guys were talking about that, it's like sending it off as, I got thinking, or do you go off and say, hey, people who are putting my lenses for my rift or whatever, this is what I do. This is, this is my prescription. It just got me thinking, I wonder if you could chuck it into your NVIDIA driver settings or something. <laughs> and it would just like, yeah, okay, your eyesight's shit, but I can fix it for you. Well, Mac's saying it won't work. Yeah. Um, so, um, I'll, I'll um, trust Mac. I, I don't know why I'm trusting yeah. Mac, but I will. I, I, know the voice that, of reason. Uh, I know that you, although you can in software um, alter uh, Trinus, and that was the other cheap Google Cardboard um, software, which which still works and is, is reasonably 
reasonably good. Um, but you could, you, you did have to actually alter uh, the rendering to, to actually make the, uh, so you didn't have this, this fishbowl effect, but it still wasn't 100% right. And part of the reason that is because of the lenses that you get in the Rift uh, and, and the Vive. So, yeah, the the only time I've used anything like that was when I went to the opticians and asked them for my IPD so I could set my Vive's IPD to max. Yeah, they don't normally like answering that because they think that you're going to go away and, and buy cheap glasses from the States. Well, they give you your prescription anyway. Well, they do, don't they, somewhere? Hmm. Anyway. Um, well, if we just quickly go back to the the base building thing, um, now obviously the base building um, was mentioned in this this notorious leak, and we I think everybody took it as read that that means it's going to be in Odyssey, and then when were you surprised when they turned around and said um, actually it's not in and uh, it was never on the roadmap or it's not on the roadmap. I think it depends on what your definition of base building is. Because mm. when when we read base building, we all thought it would be like, I don't know, like a command and conquer, you know, where you build your construction set and then you build your power uh, yeah. systems and you build your habitation and it becomes like a, a proper builder base. It could be that you don't really build a base, but you have almost like a landed fleet carrier. So you have a static base of a certain layout, and then that's all you get. They could mean that as base building, whereas what we think is base building could be something much different. Yeah. I mean, there are three kind of levels, isn't there? There's a, the kind where you're actually physically putting up um, the, the actual walls like you do in No Man's Sky. Or space engineers, you mean you you actually dig down and craft the yeah. materials and that sort of thing. Survival or, game. or like as you said, basically it's like Planet Side or Command and Conquer where you buy a certain part of the base and then build up around it and then, and then there's finally these there's the um uh you know, the fleet carrier landed. It's it's the <sighs> I think it'll be more space prefab than yeah. Than anything. Yeah. Well, apparently, I'm being corrected. The leak didn't say base building. It said arts could be used for cosmetics for buildings. Yes, which which then links into the thought that there could be like static bases mm-hmm. and how the, how it works with fleet carriers because you can change the look of your fleet carrier, can't you? True. You're spending. Yeah. I I think. Do you think we all got a bit carried away? A bit. <laughs> Possibly, but then with no firm news, that was kind of inevitable. Yeah, very true. Ah, right. Um, well, I mean, does anybody have anything else to say about well, <laughs> some of the the extra bits in Odyssey? That is there anything there that you were? That you weren't able is, to cover from. Does anybody week. actually? Does anyone actually give a shit that we don't have base building? You know what? I I technically don't. I'm not that bothered about it. I thought it'd be a nice to have. I was quite surprised when they said, "Oh, it might mean base building." I thought but something about that felt a little 
not elite does that make that that was always my take on my personal feeling on elite is what sort of one man one commander and to an extent that's why i'm not really a fan of fleet carriers either because all of a sudden you have a staff (laughs) yeah Um, yeah yeah, i thought the base building would be the, the the squadron content um, you know how carriers flip-flopped from being yeah. squadron to individual, and then people were lamenting the fact that there's nothing really for squadrons to do on a fleet carrier. Mm-hmm. I thought the base mechanics would be your squadron buys a base at a system it wishes to expand into. So if you like that, then becomes a bridgehead for the BGS. And, um, God, I hope that bay, happens. And because, uh, because it's a base... Um, then mess up BGS though, because you know, the work that people have to put in to just get an off chance of um, maneuvering their faction in the direction that they actually want to go to, versus I'm going to set up a base here and fuck you. Yes, but they, then that becomes another asset you then need to take over, doesn't it, or defend against, and then if you are if you expand too much, the upkeep on these things could basically give you huge logistical issues of maintaining them. So you can only expand so much using that method because it becomes cost or time prohibitive to develop. But when you can go and get like 500 million by one person doing a couple of hours mining low temperature diamonds, assets aren't really an issue. Well, in my ideal world, the new brand would go supernova and take out all the carriers, so there wouldn't be an issue. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, was, I was just thinking back when base building was mooted and carriers were then revealed to be individual, I thought, well, what is the way that you could create this squadron content people were desperate for uh, and do bases at the same time? It just... Yeah, so... When I heard initially base building, I thought they were going to kind of do it like um, Star Wars Old Republic, where you just kind of have a room that you kind of decorate up, or at least how I, that's how I remember it. It's been a long time since I looked at that game. <laughs> and um, yeah, I just was not a fan of the idea because I was like, what's the point if you're just decorating a room? You might as well just be playing The Sims then. So yeah. I don't know. Like I kind of I I didn't like the idea of it, but yet again, I was wrong about fleet carriers. So you know, I like how people are using them. <laughs> Do I like the idea that it's no longer one commander versus the universe? Not really, but I'll still use them. Fair enough. Um, well, just on on um, a more positive note, is is there anything about um, Odyssey that you are really that you know you're really hopeful for? As I said last week, I'm excited about my jetpacks. Being serious, actually, I'm I'm interested how they're going to implement the jetpacks. Uh, Going back onto this issue that I had actually with uh, Star Citizen the other day, for I was landing on a planet and the planet is really windy. Yeah. Which is lovely. Right. My ship got blown so that its its front wheel was dangling over the edge of a skyscraper. Ooh. Yeah, that was it was an interesting and precarious situation to be in. Um I managed to get out of my ship, 
but like, and basically I fell down onto a ledge that was below me, and then I was able to scramble back up, and that was all fine. I didn't die. But I had no way of actually getting up into my ship again. So if I could have access to a jetpack and press space to jump or something like that, then I could have done that. I know it's probably been mentioned, but you know, did anyone else just kind of feel like the jetpack thing was a bit of a nod to Mass Effect Andromeda? I wouldn't know because I've not played Mass Effect Andromeda. You're not missing a lot, but still. Oh, that's why I've not played it. Because I, I love the Mass Effect series. Um, yes, I know. You and I have nerded about, about it for we, a good we have. hour. But um, no, it is... It, like, I think it would be really cool to have that element. I just I don't know how it's going to be executed yet. One thing I'm kind of looking forward to based on that trailer is actually like you know giving my Cobra Mark III another purpose, which is just to do you know strafing runs on the surface at you know as ground troops are being you know as people on the ground are fighting yeah. off so, whoever's at the base. So speculation time with jetpacks. Do you think it'll just be a way of getting from um, ledge to ledge, or do you think it'll be like the Mandalorian where you can fly around and shoot things in the jetpack? I kind of hope it's like the Mandalorian. That's that's my secret hope, but you know, that's whether it actually comes to reality or not is another story. But yeah, I mean, can anyone think why it wouldn't be essentially operating the same way as the SRV? You, know, you you jump out of your system and then you 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 jump out of your ship or whatever, and then you can press up to thrust up or whatever it's going to be, then we would move across and just use the same thrusters, and obviously that runs out of petrol, and then it recharges, rinse and repeat. Can you... Why... Do you think it wouldn't be that? Uh, like... Possibly. It possibly will be, but... I I really don't know, because I'm really curious how they're even going to implement this with the SRV in mind. Because we only have one style of SRV, which seems that like the moment you hit a slight rock, it takes away ten percent of your hull. So oh, can that, you imagine? That's... Can you imagine with a jetpack, you accidentally like hit the ceiling or something, and your commander just suddenly is dead? That's it. It's like oh, you effed up by using your jetpack inside, which admittedly is stupid, but you know, dumber things have happened to people. <laughs> you know, I could see that could actually be quite realistic though as well. You know, you go off and you apply full frost onto your jetpack, and you suddenly break your neck seems kind of reasonable. Yeah, but I suppose you can relate that to the Star Citizen bug where you can have a spontaneous heart attack as you run around when you first like spawn in. Do we really want that too? No, not particularly, no, but you know, we, we and that's one of the things I love about Star Citizen is that you can you can adjust how much of a, how much you've got multiple throttles, I guess you could say. Um, and that's the amount of power that you put into your vectoring system is a very useful mechanic. Um, and I think it gives you a lot of fine control, which, especially when going around on foot, I think would be very, very handy, as opposed to just thrust up and suddenly you're 100 feet in the air. Yeah. What about gravity or anything? Well, they never said anything about gravity. Uh, at least as far as I can tell, they never said anything about gravity. Well, they haven't, but you know, we know gravity is, a, is very definitely a thing when you're on your SRV. Yeah, I imagine it's still going to have an, have an impact, but uh, I mean, it's, 
kid, well, I can't imagine this putting them putting us on too low gravity a world because if you use your jetpack too much, that's you into orbit. Or if you go over a geyser, Could that's you I, gone. Being serious, I mean, one of the key things that we had about the jetpacks on the SRVs is that they actually they thrust down, trying and failing to keep your SRV on the on the ground. Could your jetpack actually be thrusting down, trying to actually help you to walk, maybe? So you're going to say we have, like, jetpack flight assist on and off? Essentially, as an option, maybe, yeah. Hmm. I mean, I like the idea of it, but whether it actually works in practice or not is another story. I don't know. I mean, would you think that would work better than, say, mag boots? Well, I think mag boots are a staple for our ships, for sure, because our ships don't have gravity, as we know, but... In terms of, oh, our mag boots suddenly gave us gravity, you know, the ability to walk on low gravity planets, that's, yeah, that's a bit of a stretch. So, <laughs> yeah, maybe that's the case that the jetpack is needed to walk on really low gravity planets. Or at least to help walking around on low G planets. You know, you can go off and do the moon, the, the moon sort of shuffle that the astronauts do. But can you imagine going around on something that's even lower gravity than the moon, like a lot of the planets are? Um, they're just, you go off and you flick your toe, and as you say, you're in orbit. Yeah, I mean, it is genuinely a bit of a concern. Um, but I, I yeah, I'll, I'm, I don't know. I really don't know what else I could add to this. Sean? Yeah, I was, I was just thinking when you're talking about uh, the, the gravity and things, how do we want them to implement high G worlds? Because you know, imagine you, you land on, um, I think it's Akinar 6, with the, the 9G gravity on it. How do you want that to work? Do you just want to get out if you were, as soon as you get your SLV, you kind of go squish and become a pancake? Or, or would you rather have some, of, some slow movement? Because if I remember correctly, in Elite Law, we don't actually have anti-grav, per se, uh, not in our ships we rely on the rotation to give us gravity. So we don't seem to have gravity control in that sort of way of resisting a high G world. We don't, but... Okay, so hand wavium. If you're on a high G world, you could go off and say that your your suit essentially has a bit of exo-arm, um, sort of, like, not, oh, what they call it again, like, you know the... An exoskeleton. Exoskeleton, that's the word. I was going to call it exo-armor. I was like, that sounds cool, but it's not the word I want. Yeah, exoskeleton to give you your... to help you move around. Um, but how... But that's hand wavium. I'd actually, I'd rather you have to go and get a special high-G kit. You have to go and buy that if you actually want to walk around on a high-G world, I think. Unless you just want to be scrolling along going, I can't move! Well, I imagine you, from a medical standpoint, your, lo- you know, your body would be crushed and your muscles would be done. And the only oh. one who kind of, you know, the, the, there's only one sci-fi show that kind of dealt with this in a really hand-wavian way, which was like, um, if you guys remember Gene Roddenberry's Andromeda, Kevin Sorbo's character was like part, you know, uh, it was partially from Jupiter or some shit like that, and that allowed him to deal with higher gravities. Okay. Yeah. So, so Ben, are, are you talking about 
something like we we have to buy a Mark III travel machine. Something like that, yeah. Go around on the planet. I would, I would, I would have thought that our spacesuits can have the ability to not let our lungs just all shrivel up, because obviously we're still going to be we're still going to be breathing at, at atmosphere at you know. May, well, let's let's assume one atmosphere, but who knows what it actually is. Um, on the other hand, so let, let's assume you're not going to just immediately die. Because of the pressure at at a, of a nine G world, but you still got to fight about the fact that all of a sudden, instead of weighing seventy five kilos or whatever, you weigh you know, six hundred odd kilos, <laughs> and you ain't ever going to be able to lift that around, are you? Can any? I don't. I don't think anybody could lift six hundred kilos, could they? No, no, I, I don't think so. So, so some kind of thing. Yes, Cap. It takes me a second to undo all the things that I do to so that I don't bleed through. <laughs> um, I'm, I've been reading a, a, a series of books, and they have uh, an elite combat force that have a uh, an armor suit that has um, some kind of liquid filling in the linings of the legs, so that if they take a large jump uh, when they land, then it will stiffen up and support the body. And that kind of sounds like you know your flight suit is going to be able to deal with it, but I do quite like the idea of landing in a planet in a ship passing over loads of SRVs with big fleshy puddles sitting next to them of uh, commanders that have gotten out without their suits on or whatever. Um, could be quite fun. Big fleshy bony protruding from puddles. Uh, that's what we should have in Elite. That'll be awesome. But I reckon they'll go down the likes of some kind of hydraulic um, oil-based uh, system in suits that support your ability to stand and give you a kind of um, nice support in the arms as well, which gives you the strength to deal with different um, hand-wavium situations. Just following up what Cal was saying, what I would then love to do is I'd like to put a couple of tons of low-temperature diamonds just outside someone's SRV, and then they jump out <laughs> to get it and they squish. <laughs> You're just being uh, evil again, aren't you? Do you know what? It'd be awesome because you could fly over a planet and just drop one tons of you know of cargo and watch it go through the planet's surface. <laughs> <laughs> Carpet form their nice new. Oh, you big! You got base building. All right, we'll soon sort out. Here, have some ice diamonds. <gasps> Boom! Creators, it'll be awesome. Why would you go with something so expensive? Use bio waste or uh, what is it? Radioactive waste. Yeah, present it slow. Yeah, unfortunately, we've lost Colin, and it looks like he's gone off and his business has gone off and died in him, apparently. Well, hopefully get him. I mean, hopefully you enjoyed the fact that we could hear Colin tonight in his glorious tones yeah. and his, his whispering goodness coming back in with the stream, and we've, we've been working hard to try and bring his quality up. Um, sadly, we cannot be held accountable for the quality of what he actually says. That's entirely up to him. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I suspect it'll go down as some kind of um, ad- additions to the spacesuits make sense because yeah, it doesn't make sense that you would land on these high G planets and get out. But then again, they could also make it that you can't get out on those planets. But that'd be a shame because I too I dream of standing on a cliff surface or a cliff edge um, and in VR and looking over and getting absolute heebie-jeebies shooting up my back. 
I really thought you were going to go somewhere else with that standing <laughs> on the cliff edge. <laughs> I was like, picturing 9G suicide. No, well, God. I, was, I wasn't thinking ethics. that. I was thinking more like, you know, he was just going to take a Wii off of it or something like that. I'd be like, yes. <laughs> well, you got this is the the new just new... have a piss off the side of a cliff. That's the new Buckyballs, is it? See who can pee the furthest <laughs> off the top of a cliff. That'd be epic. Um, I or, think it would be literally buckyballs, wouldn't it? Yeah. You throw them out on a 9G planet, they're going to be down the cliff. Who can make the biggest splat? <laughs> I win. <laughs> Mass. Mass is on my side for once. For once. <laughs> Get some new definition to do your balls hang low? <laughs> <laughs> And we've now taken that turn. See, that's it. Flying suits. Wait, it was a while coming. Flying suits with zippers at the front so that you can go there and all you've got to do is dangle it out. They put a small weight in the end, like a really small weight, and, a, and the higher the planet, the longer you can extend. Okay, too much thought. Sorry. <laughs> no! <laughs> oh, God help us. Uh, uh, it's been a while since we had a digression like this, isn't it? <laughs> Oh, I just, uh, I, I mean, I, I, can't, I, all we've ever really seen is 1G and on the moon. Um, I can't picture what, we can't really picture what it'd be like trying to even, people have tried moving around it to, uh, to well, move. It's quite uh, easy. And things like that. Just, just think of like, yeah. you know, um, Colin getting out of his armchair. And that's you. You've got. You've got. That kind of thing. And then walking, walking as if he's got an elastic band tying his big toe to his forehead. <laughs> well, actually, if you think about the example we were using before, having to pee off the side of a cliff, if you did this in a low gravity planet, it would actually go up towards you. You know, it might. You'd have to worry about that. You've. Made sure there's enough force to make sure it goes down. Yeah, and you know, point one G, you might well just hit the roof, or worse, your helmet. <laughs> it's just it's your wheels and thrust up. You actually start taking off the ground if you pee too hard. <laughs> There'll be loads of pilots just floating around in this yellow cloud in the orbits, just floating around. <laughs> well, the the. The funny thing is, like, if you if you guys have ever watched some of the early documentaries about NASA when they first went into space, uh, I think it was in the Mercury the Mercury capsules. The phenomena that they started reporting that they saw a strange yellow um, dots floating outside the window turns out it was just them jettisoning their urine and they didn't realize what it was going to do in space. So I'm just going to have to a similar thing. Yeah, the constellation Urine is what they call it, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know. Oh. There's always things made of toilets in, in zero G and things like that. So, I mean, I'd imagine you're going to essentially have some kind of suction. <laughs> I'm sorry, Max just messaged us. Wait, you could light your fart and use that as propulsion. That's the sixth P you've had this hour. <laughs> you have to. <laughs> do you think that's how a die? Do you think that's how a die kits for arcs? So you could like do like a red arrows. <laughs> Colin's probably listening in wondering like I left for like oh, 10 minutes what left. happened <laughs> yes yeah it's amazing isn't it what happens when Colin leaves 
I'm so sorry, listeners. I'm not. <laughs> if you get um, enough commanders on one side of a small moon, could they pee it out of orbit? <laughs> or, or maybe that's an alternative for emergency fuel. So once you run out <laughs> in your suit of fuel and you've got that last few meters to go for safety. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't know. This, this could keep going a very, down a very disturbing way. Um, if I mean, it's, carrier, it's something we're never going to get. Sorry, go, Kyle. If ever, if everyone on the fleet carrier that's currently docked was to flush the toilets at the same time, <laughs> then oh no, because the the carrier will have okay. We're ejecting the toilets now, and it'll have thrusters to counteract that, just like the ISS does. Uh, you know, when they fr- when they eject waste produce from the ISS. There's a counteracting thruster against that. So they're going to have to add thrusters to flight suits. I mean, to be honest, the, the thing that I've been most excited about for the future of front of uh, Elite is lava planets, and that is the thing that will have me basically running to melt my SRV's tyres as quickly as I possibly can. Um, I think that'll be stunning, uh, but we'll just have to wait and see what surprises that this next update has because I think there's going to be some stunning things going on and I reckon we will abuse them horrifically to our own desires and our own humour but that's the beauty of, of what Elite gives us I was just thinking uh, Carol, what you said about uh, all flushing the lose I'm wondering if in theory and I'm sure Frontier would never model it this way but it's a fun thought if you could have enough people flush the loos at the same time, could you increase the rate of rotation of a Coriolis station? So, <laughs> so therefore, it either spins faster and provides more gravity, or stop it spinning altogether for the people who can't dock. Well, that raises the question. Toilets are on a Coriolis. I, I would hope... We can, we can work free. out the math here. Also, what's the volume of water and the force of which is ejected from said toilet? I'm, I'm sure Cannon will work it out for us. To be honest, I suspect water on the... It's going to be a closed system, isn't it? So it'll all be recycled. The Twitch chat is... Um, they're fully on board. Apparently they reckon that um, going to the toilet should actually be profitable. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're yeah, generating bio waste to sell at the market, yes. Avenue 5 does deal with the concept of ejecting things outside of a ship very, very well, including sewage and also dead bodies to have them orbiting the ship for the rest of the journey. Brilliant series. Avenue 5. It was the Hugh Laurie uh, captain. It's like a a really poor comedy in space, but actually it was better than that. But it really was poorer, Even cheaper. Than Red Dwarf and things. Well, has anyone finished watching the Steve Carell current one? Space yes. It's Space Force. Yeah, distinctly average. And um, Avenue Five, I would probably put a little bit above that. It's comedy never really gets to a point where you can relax and everything else kind of falls in. It's just very cheap. I think. Well, cheap comedy in my book. not really good, but Avenue 5 has definitely got some interesting stuff, if not sort of subjecting us to um, literally toilet humour. But then again, quite like that. So, I mean, I enjoy them both. They're both quite good, but they are not a patch on the... Oh, God, what's it called? With... Um, Heisen, Heisen. The Star Trekky one. 
that's terrible. I can't remember what it is. With what's his name from uh, you know who does the voices for Family Guy? Seth MacFarlane, the uh, Orwell. Yes, that's the they're not they're not a patch in that. That's still the best I think so far. In my opinion, other shows do exist. Have we got show notes yeah. for this week? I'm just checking. How far we, have we, we gone have, off? We, we do. I mean, we, we do. We've got, we've digressed a lot thanks to my pissing comments. So sorry about that. Um, I mean, I guess the only other thing I would say, if we're you know about Odyssey and things like that, is just I know a lot of people have been upset with the fact that they haven't mentioned walking on ships and things like that. So. To bring this full circle to the pissing comment, like if we did have the ability to walk around on ships, do we want that full immersion experience where our commander has to eat, has to sleep, that kind of thing as well? Like, because you, you think about how the ship is modeled, it's going to have a crew quarters, it's going to have all the different compartments. But you know, what level of immersion are we expecting from Odyssey? Are we expecting what we currently have now, where we're just you know, I'm, I'm assuming. Sorry, I go. Well, I'm assuming we have some kind of adult nappy on underneath our flight suit, or there's some kind of fancy recycling system. Actually, I fe- sorry, uh, Ben. Go, go, Cal. He just raised a very, want to go, go. a very important point, actually, that we've not really had. So, if you bang your ship, it gets damaged. If you bang your SRV, it gets damaged. We've got guns in space. Your body's going to take damage. So there has to be some kind of health regeneration. Um, you know, there's going to have to be some kind of meter of a human body that they're going to do. Now, I don't suggest they go down the old spectrum version of how to be a complete and utter bastard and have fartometers, pissometers, drunkometers, stuffedometers, so that if you eat too much, then your poo-ometer goes up and you have to go... T- I don't think it has to be like that, but they're going to have to be some measure of recouping health. Now, in the likes of Pulsar... They have a poo meter, yeah. <laughs> no, a meter poo sounds painful, bit storm. Um, they, in, in Pulsar, they have a, <laughs> a life um, support room where you go in to heal and you stand in a device and it gives you healing. Um, so they could just go down the routes of having something like that, but I don't see why crew quarters or the likes couldn't have um, some kind of um, system where you regenerate or... You know, if we're going to go down engineering, maybe you can build concoctions that will give your um, step being able, you know, take a potion for a, a high G planet. And, and OK, that does take us into the realms of a game that I don't want to play. But, you know, we don't know what they're going to do for the measurements on what can affect a human body. Pulsar does it brilliantly with heat and cold as well, built in. So if you go to a nice planet, you do have to watch your regulation. Um, no Man's Sky did something similar, radiation and things like that. So um, that's going to be an interesting side that we haven't thought about. Yeah, Neither very true. Uh, I mean, be, I'm sorry. Would you guys like beds and toilets and coffee machines and vending machines and burritos in your ships, like they have in Star Citizen, or would you? Do you think that goes into too much detail? No, I I, I want space loose and I want VR because then you should look at the, look look down the loo and see a real floater. Mini game. You got to bat them back in. <laughs> Does that mean we're going to also have to have special sliders on our holomies for certain parts if it's in VR? Oh, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, no, uh, maybe you're not going where I thought you were going. Oh, no, that's going to be arcs, you know, because if you want a longer one that you can then dangle into the toilet <laughs> and trap between the lid um, just to stop it from spraying around. <laughs> Again, and, yeah. we're just using IG world to suction. <laughs> but it's you know the, the whilst I mean hunger and 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 uh, it's there's so many things that they can bring in for the human body and for the you know for that kind of thing like stamina strength and then you're getting into the sort of MMMORPG stuff as well where you have player stats not currently in the universe is something that we've experienced at all and actually kind of goes against that one man in his ship. Um, so I don't know what they'll do, but they do have to factor in because they've got corrosive damage. All the things that can affect your ship should affect the human, so you need a way of counteracting that, and that's obviously going to come from armors. And if it is going to be high G, then they can combat it with um, suits that you can buy and then sell skins for those suits. And that kind of works. That's kind of working, you know. They've got an ice suit yeah. that you have, and you have to go into your... You have to go down to your crew quarters and get changed into the appropriate wear for where you are. And if you get it wrong, it can go horribly wrong for you. So, Cal, do you think the flight suits we've brought or we're given, do you think they will actually be usable in Odyssey? I I imagine that um, if you think for Horizons, you had to have the landing module, which you couldn't get if you didn't have Horizons. So maybe that is going to be the distinction you're going to have a a bio suit that allows you to go out of your ship onto planets and things, and therefore people who don't have Odyssey don't get access to that um, suit, and therefore they can't. Now, what I was meaning, Cow, is you know how there was a, like a Lavescon, Lavescon skin for the flight suit, and there are other flight suits that you can buy with arts. You can see them in cockpit in game. You know, you look down and whatever, you you'll see your commander's wearing the suit. Will that suit, do you think, be modelled so you can run around outside in a bright orange lavecon suit, or do you think it will be different? I hope so. I mean, I, I mean, I, I do hope so. Uh, I hope it's not just going to be a, an exoskeleton overlay. Um, or something, I think, you know, th- there's a huge, and they're not daft, they're uh, marketing for these things, so I can't see it not just being um, an expansion of different shaped outfits and skins being sold for them as well. I just can't see them not t- <laughs> taking that opportunity. But touching on something you said there, Cal, where you said our suits are going to have to be able to deal with the same types of damages that happen to our ship, I'm just wondering now, like, because... If you think about all the different weapon types on the ship, we usually typically have a resistance against all of them, except for one, which is the plasma accelerator. So what's going to stop very devious individuals from just swooping down and raining plasma from the skies on you? I think it's difficult enough to shoot an SRV on the planet um, and to get a lock on a single player. I think yeah, I think if you happen to be standing on the spot where a plasma beam hits, then uh, fair, fair well, income, is, that's is. fine. There Fair is enough. flash damage though from plasma accelerators, though, isn't there? Yeah, there is. Like, I'm, I'm just wondering honestly because we, we have ship shields and we have our hulls, and then with the commanders ourselves, like, are we going to be getting body armor like they have in EDRPG um, to throw that in there, or are we like? I, I really, I think for the most part, this is just speculation, but it would be. I think we'd expect it. Body shields, you know, some sort of protection. Yeah, I mean, but obviously, body shields aren't in the lore. 
Uh, but they, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, armor is going to be in obviously some kind of armor because you're going to require that if you've got combat. It makes no sense to have guns if you don't have a defense against them. So possibly they'll bring in some kind of shielding. But I don't think that even as a human body with the best um, treble A rated shields that a plasma bolt from somebody's uh, <laughs> anaconda um, from their massive gun. Uh, is really going to save you. So I think there's a degree of shooting ants with um, you know buckets. Uh, is it's going to be difficult for you to justify how someone would survive that anyway. But also the opportunity, the possibility of being able to hit someone intentionally is going to be a skill set that only the most nefarious of commanders will develop. And Commander Zunter, I think is also saying that plasma would react with a lot of atmospheres too. So we have, you know, a lot of the things that we actually use in zero, in, in space go, would possibly cause explosions on planets, depending on what the atmosphere is. I mean, let's say you land on Titan. It's got a methane atmosphere, doesn't it? Can you imagine what's going to happen with a methane atmosphere and um, and lasers and things like that. Yeah, yeah, that's a very good point. You know, if you accidentally send it, set an entire planet on fire, that would be pretty bad. Yeah. Graham, do you not have a plug-in for that? Uh, a, a, drop, a sound drop thing for methane gas? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> not, not to hand. Not to hand. Oh, uh, well. Right, well, sh- should we wrap that up and move on to the community corner. Wrap it up and flush it down the loo. Yeah. Send it off to Cubicle 3 where it well belongs. Actually, my car has an emissions test mode. <laughs> can, we get, <laughs> can we get that for our SRVs and for our suits as well, totally, do you think? Totally, yeah. We should totally have whoopee cushions in SRVs. Right, well, I'm going to move on to Community Corner before we go anywhere else, I think, unless... Anyone... Safer. I was just wondering whether your spacesuit would inflate if you kind of did it inside your spacesuit. Anyway, carry on, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, moving on. You've got to vent it like a heatsink. <laughs> I know that existing spacesuits have... Ways of balancing pressure inside of them, shall we say? Yeah, but, but I would say if anything, though, guys, we, we move on because there's still a lot to cover. Oh, we're back to using emergency thrusters again, aren't we? So, you know, <laughs> still keeping it all inside of the spacesuits. Is that with a little vent anyway. on the seats? <laughs> oh, this is not going in a good direction. Because <laughs> you're not pointing in the right direction. Uh, right, anyway, Commander Alec Turner has gone off and told us that there may or may not be a new Buckyball race that may or may not be called Engineers Canyon Mayhem, which may or may not be starting next Saturday. Its details are very, very vague, stranded in as much mystery as the Dark Wheel, uh, but it's being co-hosted maybe with the elite trained racers and may or may not have something to do with engineers. It should theoretically start with sa- start on Saturday, um, and runs until the 28th of November. In other words, something may, may be happening, and Alec may put something up on the forums about it. <laughs> but we will see about that. Um, 
Alec didn't have a lot for us. He had, he had a picture that had lots of scribbles on it, basically, and not wasn't wanting to commit to much. It looks like it's been drawn up with crayons. Uh, yeah, I think somebody's been playing with paint, basically. Uh. So, next up, we've got... Uh, so, Commander Down-to-Earth Astronomy has gone off and done a fleet carrier calculator, uh, which is at Commander's... Command, commanders, spelt T-M-D-R-S, dash toolbox.com, uh, slash fleet carrier calculator. Uh, but links to that will be in the show notes, because I wouldn't remember that. Um, I would have had a look at it, but I can't, because I don't have a fleet carrier. And uh, you need to sign up for it. Grant, you're jiggling glasses and ice or something. Okay. And thanks for the raid, Malik. Oh, thank you, Malik. No, oh, wish Malik were here. We could have asked Malik about VR and what his takes on it in Odyssey are. Next week? Potentially. Uh, right, anyway, I need to go back to my show notes, because otherwise I won't find them. So, have any of you guys, Shanna, you know, you've got your your fleet carrier. Have you looked at Down to Earth's, Down to Earth's thing, or or you, has anyone looked at it? I, I, I looked at it. it was, it's a good bit of work, actually. It's quite interesting. I mean, it doesn't directly affect me, per se, in terms of upkeep and things like that, because the values are more reasonable. Than what they than what they were, but it's it's a good bit of work for those who are wanting to buy a fleet carrier and trying to assess whether they can afford it or not. Okay, that sounds fair enough. And I believe that the fuel rats have also done some kind of fleet man, fleet carrier management thing. Um, although, again, because I don't have a fleet carrier and I can't register with it, I can't actually see anything about that. So, has anyone seen anything about that? No, I know Spanch has done um, a new uh, fleet carrier kind of routing um, tool on his website. Okay. So I know a lot of the truckers have been using that with their fleet carrier fleets at the moment, especially for um, the Cloud Atlas, which is on its way to Colonia. And why don't you tell us, actually, Atris, why are you off to Colonia? I'm off to go get uh, help Ed's 38 take back Dunker's Rest from the new Simbad um, faction out there. So those, those I kind of just got... Yeah, well, you know, Sinbad the Bad. Try and take on that, you know, that whole thing. And um, yeah, it was just a kind of a spur of the moment decision. Um, you know, they announced the Hutton announced that it had its five fleet carriers going off in different directions, and there was one going out to Colonia, and I still had to unlock the engineers out there. And on top of that, I love a good fight, you know, to take back someone's home. So uh, and that's a yeah. bunch of lovely guys as well. Yeah, exactly. And who doesn't love a biscuit? And if you don't, what's wrong with you? Exactly. Exactly. But right. speaking yeah. of the fact that you said you didn't have your own fleet carrier, I think the next point is quite important for you. Well, if you had a fleet carrier, you can print your own credits. Um, basically, and it, it makes perfect sense, and it's something that I think we hypothesized back in, back back a while ago that you know you can, for example, you can go off and. You you can fly to a location. You can fill up with something, and you can maybe give commanders filling you up five thousand credits per ton profit. You then fly somewhere that's a a, a you know a few hundred light years off, and you can sell it. And again, the commanders are maybe making five k profit, but it's sell you're selling it for you. They then buy it off you for maybe ten k more than you bought it off of the people selling it to you for originally. So. 
basically by doing long-distance hauling in a fleet carrier. People filling you up make money. The fleet carrier owner makes money. People emptying you out make money. And it's all it's all good money, basically. Um, which I don't think any of that's a particular surprise to you, Shan. No, I don't think so. As I said earlier, though, I'm I'd want other areas to be as profitable or have this pulled down to the level where other game styles Agreed. are equally as rewarding because it's so out of kilter now. It really it's, should I be mean, not priced. If 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 you know, credits aren't end game, but they are an enabler, and it's so tempting just to go and chase the numbers and forget about everything else. And with a game of the extent and sheer variety uh, of Elite, having it just limited to one activity in one system for the majority of players is a shame. I mean, this isn't the low temperature diamond mining stuff. This is. Well, the the example is using tritium. I would imagine it could be done using any commodity which has got sufficiently large price variations, and you can buy it. You know, if you buy something, if you buy buy a waste at one credit, you then you buy it from the carry from a station at one credit, sell it to a carrier for ten credits, buy it from a carrier for a hundred credits, sell it to a station for a thousand credits. You've made money every single step of the way, haven't you? Or someone's made money every step of the way. Yeah, yeah. I'll be interested to see where it goes longer term, because mm-hmm. at the moment it's quite new. So will there be a race to the bottom? Or you know, will you have a... a, a <laughs> you had a, a enough of that earlier. <laughs> no, or, or, or will you have certain inscru- you know, uh, unscrupulous, very wealthy players completely balk the market for everyone else? And and make it so it's no longer as profitable for everyone else to to go than me. I'm just interested to see how the market forces will play out between the players. Hmm. So another bit of fleet carrier information. Everything's everything's all fleet carrier today again. Uh, Commander, I'm going to make a guess here and probably murder his name. Holland Kassa Kass Azar Kassa Kassa Kassa. Holland is easy, but how would you pronounce C A S A Z R? Kassasser, maybe? Kassasser? Yeah. Anyway, he's going on giving the people an update on the Deep Space Support Array. Um, so, 24 carriers are already operational, and there's a lovely map which you can get, and we'll link it in the show notes. And maybe, if Norman wants to link these, he can do, or sorry, Grant wants to link these, he can do. Norman's not our tech tonight. Um, then there's a lovely map showing you where in the galaxy all the maps, all the carriers are, and they're, they're all color-coded because, you know, as long as you're not red-green colorblind, you'll be fine. Um, and he went off and posted a nice little infographic, basically, about the DSSA Aristo... Aristo Archos, maybe? How, how would you guys pronounce that? Aristo Archos, I think. Um, basically showing it and it's ju- it's sort of down to the southwest of the bubble, I think, um, and showing the services it's top for offering, showing how uh, the that it's buying buying and selling tritium and things, uh, and also shows you that where their nearest tritium hotspots are. Um, we do also have, and I forgot to add this into the show notes, 
that Sagittarius I is being released on Thursday. So that apparently is shaping up to be one of the newest, one of the newest, one of the biggest things, one of the biggest episodes issues out there. Uh, so apparently it's a very, very meaty thing. And Kai has Kai has literally just pinged me with, I hope that the Dark Wheel made it onto the show notes. Kai, what exactly about the Dark Wheel are you wanting to say? And if you want to come in and say it for two minutes, you know where we are. Because uh, I don't know what exactly what thing exactly you want to say about the Dark Wheel. I suspect it could be about the exploit. Or if it's about mining. the exploit, well, if it's about the data mining thing, then I don't really want to cut. It's not really data mining either. If it's, it's about, bug. yeah, it's, it's if it's about the bug that was using fleet carriers to view things that shouldn't have been viewable, I don't really want to carry it, cover it. If it's about anything else, then yes, Kai definitely. Come in and say what you want to say. And I'm deliberately talking, waiting for Kai to come along and say hi, or not say hi, or get this and for a talk, catch up. And apparently the servers are all offline. Yeah, I had a lot of connection issues the last about 20 minutes or so, so I had, oh, to, okay. I had to log off. So Since I took over hosting, I've not really been looking, so Miggles could easily have just been sitting there blowing me up or whatever. I don't know. I'll be innocent, though, because I'm kind of sitting out there in my anaconda. Did Suvari um, never pay um, Cruel Rabbit for blowing you up? That is a very good question. Kai, did Suvari never pay Cruel Rabbit for, for blowing me up? Read the note above. <sighs> um, oh, oh, okay, that's, that is an exciting note. Um, apparently the Dark Wheel faction managed to take LFT 926 um, and should be expanded before the, before the weekend. So that is good news because I know one of the things that the that they were wanting to experiment with the dark wheel, and one of the things they wanted to prove with that whole thing was can it expand or is it its own special lot of action? So yeah, that is good that they actually managed to get the dark wheel to expand into LFT nine two six. Oh no, they didn't get it to expand. It was already expanded there a while back, yeah. but now they've taken control of it. Well, the, yeah, the Dark Wheel took LFC-926 and should be expanded before the weekend, is what Kai actually says. Yeah. That is good, and that is exciting. Very. Um, and hopefully that the experiment can continue and they can expand in various directions. I believe they're going towards Sol to begin with. Obviously, that they will... They won't be able to get Sol itself, obviously. Jesus, I'm looking at Anara, the number of fleet carriers in that system. It's 89 in LFT 926. Why? I guess, I guess it's, it's close to Shinrata. All right. And Kai is also telling us that Rabbit apparently owed Kai. So Kai called off the debt, apparently. Okay. He's, he, Kai is also talking. Oh, no. Okay. He's, Kai's just. Telling me that he's never going to tell me say anything about naughty. Right. Not that this was naughty. You're very right there, Kai. And this, yeah. Anyway, I'm moving off from that channel because I'm getting <laughs> all distracted by things. <laughs> right. I think that is everything. <laughs> Unless <laughs> anyone else dives in. Hey, could I you go and say this? Yeah, I think it is indeed time for the shout outs. Shan. Atrus, Cow, do you have anything you want to add in before we wrap this this up? Were you going to say shit show? 
because we covered that quite, you know, extensively. <laughs> I was going to say train wreck, but then I thought no. Well, I'm not sure if we've got anything in about virtual LaveCon. Um, just a reminder that there's there's no anything either yet. Well, just that it's meant to. There's a hope. I don't know if, if they've not said anything yet. Then possibly I'm speaking out of turn. But as far as I'm aware, we are planning. Uh, whether or not it happens, we'll have to watch this space. But there is a plan to have a virtual LaveCon event on the same weekend as LaveCon, which of course is the fifth and sixth of July. So I believe that's only a couple of weeks away. It is. Keep your eyes uh, wide open for. Yep, news and, and how to get involved. We'll keep you updated oh, on the show Grant, here. Grant, yeah. the 4th and 5th of July. Saturday the, Saturday the 4th and Sunday the 5th. In which case, it's the 3rd, 4th and 5th because they are planning to try and give as much... Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> as much of a, of a LaveCon <laughs> weekend as you can get. So uh, if you are interested in more information, then I'm pretty sure if you contact Karen... Um, and offer up anything you want to particularly participate. I know um, they're trying to, say, get panels and information and all kinds of things running for the weekend uh, as if you were really there. Um, my biggest problem is that I'm not really there and I'm here and here has other issues that need to be taken no, care of. So, yeah, I can't be... Um, oh, okay. I'm going to be there for as much as I can be and have as much fun as I can. And I invite you all, if it comes ahead and we all get news on this soon, that you are all keeping that weekend uh, marked and, and, and penciled in for some fun. Indeed. Well, finally, I am actually going to just mention very quickly that Commander Rolaren is going to be doing a charity stream on the 19th. So she is trans tech girl on Twitch. Uh, she's doing a 48-hour uh, charity stream, raising money for her aunt who died the other week, sadly. And more details for that will be in the show notes. And we wish her the best of luck for that, as she basically gets her stream, as she, as she gets her fleet carrier into position at Mandy's Rest. So, I think I'm going to call it there. Sorry. Okay, I'm just... Before I call it, I'm going to have to give some of these suggested show titles that people have been giving. So, we have Immersion in Our Own Urine, Don't Piss on My Shoes and Tell Me It's Raining, Propelled by a Stream of Piss, Swimming in Bodily Fluids, These are some really attractive names for this show. They really are, aren't they? They, 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 what, what about something like e- emission immersion or something like that? Emission immersion, yeah, that's <laughs> at least cleaner and less likely to get arrest, get us arrested. No uh, one's just gra- calling it like a golden shower, right? <laughs> come on, come on, get the next bit done. Come on, we're almost done. It's almost no? bedtime. Okay, it's a bedtime, right? In that case, then. Let's give a massive shout-out to Hutton Orbital Radio, who broadcasts on Thursdays from 8.30 in the evening. You can tune in to them at tv.forthemug.com or radio.forthemug.com if you just want the audio. Lave Radio, as popular as a fart in a spacesuit. <laughs> if you like getting things, distracted. I am! Stop giving me shiny things. Do not look into the void, for the void looks back. For the discerning commander who likes a bit of CQC action, have a look at discord.me slash elite dangerous CQC. 
thank you very much to Shan, to Psycho Cow, to Colin, to Atrus, and to Mac and Kai for distracting me while I'm trying to wrap this up. Thank you very much to everybody on Twitch. Thank you to Miggles for showing off your whale outside of Lave Station. That's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you want to get in Tea touch coffee. with the show, then you can... <laughs> 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 I think we've broken Ben. Grads, take some. <laughs> if you can't fly dangerous, fly what? To bed. Grant, you do it. Go on. Fly red taxis where you can get tea and coffee served with every flight. <laughs> or something like that, isn't it? If you can't fly safe, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. What is it? Fly, 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 fly better. Um, fly safe, and if you can't do that, piss the fuck off. Get good. <laughs> I keep your mind on this. Is your life like this? Someone's having an orange News Digest, 16th of June, 3306. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, peeking at Polaris. The Dark Wheel revealed. Buckyballers plan engineering mayhem. Rodents and seals in rescue race. Lutzi overboard as Hutton Run gets supercharged. Speaking at Polaris. Commanders have been able to study a map of the Polaris system for the first time, and it turns out it's rather boring. The rushed inclusion by Brewer Corporation of Universal Cartographics into fleet carriers, following exceptional customer demand for the facility, seems to have allowed a significant security flaw to creep past the testers. This allowed the purchase of the cartographic data of permit-locked systems. 
Although the loophole has already been closed, images purporting to be the illicit system maps can be purchased from shifty-looking characters in raincoats hanging around on street corners at Jameson Memorial. If these images are to be believed, Polaris is a binary system with a small K-class star accompanying the Type F supergiant. The rest of the system consists of eight gas giant planets, each with a selection of airless and rather dull-looking moons. Other systems allegedly catalogued include the inhabited Forus Extantis, whose permit authority refuses to let anyone visit, Mbuni, HIP 39425, HR 4413, Ross 354, Wolf 262, and HIP 22460. HIP 22460 is home to the inaccessible megaship The Overlook. It appears to have been explored at least once by dodgy sounding characters called TJ, Just Call Me Wendy, Shaneri and Aidle Weiss. If any of them go mysteriously missing, we'll know that they were on to something. The Dark Wheel Revealed An anonymously published new theory claims that the dark station that is home to the legendary Dark Wheel is in the system LFT-509. There is, of course, a Dark Wheel faction in Shinrar to Desra, which is believed to be the public face of the secretive organisation, but the Raxla botherers are, by legend, based in a disused, therefore dark, starport orbiting the eighth moon of a gas giant. The legend also says that membership of the Dark Wheel can only be obtained by passing a test of skill and courage, something that might also grant access to the permit-locked LFT-509. But why does the theory particularly say that the Dark Wheel should be there? Using the newly discovered mapping data for permit-locked systems, it is possible to eliminate all but one of the systems, as they have no eighth moon of a gas giant. Further... In the same way that Jacques Station was found, LFT-509 shows that it's a democracy with an allegiance to the Federation and an industrial extraction economy on the galaxy map, despite having a population of zero. It's permit-locked, possibly by the Dark Wheel themselves, and the clincher is that unlike all the other permit-locked systems, there's a gas giant with eight moons. The fly in the ointment is that there doesn't appear to be an abandoned station on the map, although perhaps you can only find it by flying up close. Also, unlike the galaxy map, the system map shows no allegiance. Has the anonymous poster stumbled onto something? Is it a wild goose chase? Did Alex Ryder ever become a member of the Dark Wheel? And did the Dark Wheel ever locate Raxler? It might be a very long time before we ever find out. Buckyballers plan engineering mayhem. There's a new buckyball race starting on Saturday, but the organisers don't appear to have decided what form it'll take yet. Or they're keeping quiet about it at any rate. The elite racers are involved, as are ship-launched fighters and SRVs. 
Originally to be called the Elite Cortez Mixer, it'll not in fact start at Cortez Base, and its name has evolved into Engineers Canyon Mayhem. The race will start on Saturday and will run for one week, if they can sort out the mayhem in time. Rodents and Seals in Rescue Race With little clarity whether the fuel rats or the hull seals are in charge of fleet carrier rescues, there have been a number of successful rescues over the past week. Commander Silwyn Stardust had been stuck in the infamous Anaconda graveyard at the wrong end of a neutron jump for several months before he became the first commander rescued by the fuel rats' brand new carrier, the Rat's Nest. Meanwhile, the Hull Seals were executing Operation Thunder Seals, with two carriers, the Purple People Eater and the Beachmaster, racing to extract a stranded commander from a remote system at the far side of the galaxy. And there has been a rescue off a fleet carrier, too. Commander Kamiyoda rescued Commander Nutter, whose fleet carrier had run out of fuel in a location roughly 4,000 light-years the wrong side of Polaris from Sol. Nutter ran out of tritium when none of the systems he jumped to had mineable rings. Kamiyoda sourced and supplied the needed tritium, and the Nutter has been freed. Lutzi Overboard, as Hutton Run gets supercharged. Several commanders, including Commander Lutzi, have reported that they've been left behind by the fleet carrier they were docked on. They see the normal jump sequence countdown and hear all the rattling of travelling through a conduit through witch space. But when the noise stops, they're exactly where they started, and the fleet carrier is 500 light-years further on. When asked to comment, Commander Luna of the Brewer Corporation Technical Help Desk is reported to have commented, Oh crud, and suggested that an urgent investigation might be required. Meanwhile, the Hutton Run has become an awful lot faster, with the ability to hop onto a fleet carrier and materialise close to Hutton Orbital seven minutes later, revolutionising the race. The 10-minute 0.22 light-year barrier hasn't yet been broken, but it's getting close. Very close. And that is this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news, so you don't have to.